Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Well, we're back again, and uh, today I want to talk to you about opportunity. You know, from uh, the cradle to the grave, our lives are filled with opportunity. But what is opportunity? I want you to mark down this definition. Opportunity is a set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. That's what opportunity is, a set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. You know, during this uh, time that we've been on lockdown with this coronavirus issue, uh, the Mission Church has had the opportunity to expand and to improve its online ministry. And the circumstances that have made that possible are many, but I just want to name a few. There's the worldwide high-speed internet. Without that circumstance being available, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. And then there's the equipment that allows us to record and edit and distribute the product that we produce week after week. And of course, there are the skilled technicians who know how to use the equipment. And then there's the lockdown itself, which actually created a necessity to do what we've been doing these last many weeks. These then are just some of the circumstances that provide the opportunity for the Mission Church to expand and improve its online ministry. Now, when we think about this issue of opportunity, I just want to share with you that basically there are three ways that we can respond or react to it. Number one, we can seize opportunity when it arises. That means we can take advantage of it. We see it, we are excited about it, and we seize it and begin to walk in it. But then we can also at times miss opportunity that comes by. It could be that we just don't even recognize that it's there. And sometimes we come to understand that the opportunity is there, but we come to that understanding too late and the opportunity has passed us by. And then there's wasting the opportunity. Wasting the opportunity is when we, when we recognize that opportunity is before us. And having looked at it and examined it, for whatever reason, we choose to let it pass us by. Now, it's a blessing when we seize an opportunity. It's unfortunate when we miss an opportunity. But it is a crime when we waste opportunity. The religious establishment and the masses of Israel were in the midst of the crime of wasting the opportunity that God was providing them to enter his kingdom through the person and work of Jesus. Throughout Luke, we have seen Jesus prove time and time again that he was the Messiah that Israel was waiting for. His life was a constant fulfillment of messianic prophecy. The wisdom of his teaching confounded the greatest minds of his time. His power, his power was supernatural. Thousands literally witnessed his authority over the laws of nature, his authority over the spirit realm, his authority over life and death. And this, coupled with a continuous invitation to repent and enter into the kingdom of God. And when I say kingdom of God, I'm talking about God's rule and reign. As 
Jesus invited people to enter into the rule and reign of God. This constituted the circumstances that made the opportunity to be right with God possible. Yet despite all of this, Luke reveals that they did not seize the opportunity. Nor did they miss it because they were right there and they saw it and it patiently waited before them. But with irrefutable evidence in their grasp, they wasted the opportunity that God was giving them to come under his loving and gracious rule by following his son, the Messiah. That leads me then to ask this question. What was the impetus? What what was the reason for this willful decision to squander the greatest opportunity that had ever been offered to a people? And if you have your note guide out and a pen ready, here's the answer. Jesus did not meet their messianic expectations. That's the reason they wasted their opportunity. Because Jesus did not meet their messianic expectations. You see, he had no intention of delivering them from Roman rule. And believe me, that was one of their messianic expectations. He had no intention, at least at that point, of making them the premier nation of the world. And that also was one of their messianic expectations. He was not coming to them offering wealth or comfort or ease. Nor did he come to them affirming their self-righteousness as actual righteousness. No, he did none of those things. Instead, he came to them with a singular message. And that message was, repent. Repent. Turn from your self-righteousness and pride. Turn from your misguided agenda of prominence. Turn from your ill-informed expectation of political deliverance. And humble yourselves. Humble yourselves to receive and to submit to God's plan for you. And then come and follow me. Yes, as Jesus walked the dusty trails of Galilee and Judea, as he went from village to village, opportunity was knocking. But they weren't interested. They were interested in some of the miracles. And some of his teaching tickled their ears and caused them to wonder and think. But basically, they were not interested. And this this explains why Jesus' ministry was changing as he got closer to the cross. As Jesus got closer to the cross, fading into the background were his patient wooing invitations and miraculous works that demonstrated his deity. And emerging into the foreground were words of warning and at times even condemnation. The writing was on the wall. Opportunity was being wasted and the door was closing quickly. Well, today's passage in Luke chapter 12 demonstrates this reality. As we read these words far from patient wooing, we find his tone is changing to hard, no-nonsense confrontation of the realities that await those who waste the opportunity that is being given to enter into the kingdom of God through the Messiah. So I invite you to take your Bibles, 
Turn with me to Luke chapter 12, and we're going to finish out chapter 12 today as we look at verses 49 through 59. Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 59. We find Jesus saying these things. I come to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, in one's house, there will be five divided, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, a shower is coming, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be a scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? As you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you into the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer puts you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the very last penny. Hmm. Those are some interesting comments from our Lord Jesus. Well, today I'm dividing up this passage with this outline. Here it is. I'm going to talk about the fact that judgment is coming. And we'll see that in verses 49 and 50. And then we'll consider that strife is present, and we'll look at that in verses 51 through 53. And then we'll consider the fact that discernment is lacking, and we'll see that in verses 54 through 59. And then we'll wrap it up with this positive thought, transforming grace is the answer. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. The cross... And the empty tomb. These are pictures of God's love and grace for sinners. But only for those sinners who repent and trust in the work of Christ on their behalf. For those sinners who do not repent and exercise faith, the cross and the empty tomb become a fire of judgment. In the Western church today, regrettably, we tend to overemphasize the first And neglect the second. And the reason that we seem to do that is because we don't like the division that the whole message brings. It seems like we abhor the thought that judgment awaits anyone unless they are just very, very, very wicked in our definition of wickedness. But when we think like this and when we allow our life to be shaped by it, it dishonors God. Because you see, by his own perfect will... He has established that Jesus' saving work, which is represented by the cross and the empty tomb, that they have become the dividing wall of humanity and eternity. Jesus speaks here in verse 50 
of his immersion into humanity's sin. Now when he was talking about it here, it had not yet taken place. But such then was his anguish as he was seeing it come closer and closer each day that he lived. He could see himself as the spotless Lamb of God who would be immersed into the darkness of human depravity where he would then bear the unfathomable wrath of the Father for the sins of humanity. Yes, as he did this, it would bring him joy as sacrifice, his sacrifice would bring many sinners into the light of God's grace, but just as much it would also seal the tormenting fate of those who rejected that grace. And you see, for the most part, the people he was ministering to were already there. They were already wasting the opportunity that his life, his death, and his resurrection would offer them. Well, that brings me this morning to truth point number one. I would like you to take careful note of it. It says that when Jesus spoke these words... They were words of confrontation and warning. Now having actually endured the baptism that he spoke of, they have become words of hope for some. They have become words of death to others. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.